0: we were having such an interesting conversation about film versus digital and um, actually we just wanted to get into a bit more so uh, here we go we're going to go into uh, film versus digital and what we think and um, I'll straight off the bat I will say that um, as much as I love film um, I never had a chance to shoot on it because it's very expensive Um, so I've always shot on digital and um, I've you know, I've embraced the sort of the the different formats that've come along because um, at the moment, the digital cameras that we have that we're shooting HD and 4K and 6K and 7K and whatever K is coming up <laughs> next, um, you know, it it gives me a fi- as a, a low budget filmmaker, well, low budget, no budget filmmaker, the ability to come up with imagery that competes. With the big boys and before you had to spend a lot of money doing it on film now you know at the end of the day if i was given the option to shoot film i'd love to do it i would love to do it but you've got to have the budget for it and i feel now that you have to have even more budget for it because the companies that you know that work with film that do the developing and neg cutting they're not really there anymore if anything, they've moved on to digital and so those uh, facilities aren't really there to do it or if they are you're going to have to pay for the nose for it
1: no absolutely yeah i mean it, you know it, it's it's back to that sort of commerce versus art thing as usual with 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 any of this stuff and there's no there's no there's no good commercial reason anymore to 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 shoot on film from the point of view of both the 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 process the workflow and the actual um stock itself is is very expensive and you know i i was fortunate enough i did actually learn on film and uh you know went to well i I did a a a city in guilds in in stills photography before i moved out to the states so i got to actually Develop and process my own film, and obviously understood that process when it came to filmmaking in the U.S. And you know worked quite extensively with both 16 and 35 mil. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you know that there are so many um, technology. Okay, it's opened it up, which you know I have mixed feelings about. It's both a good thing and a bad thing, I think, in some respects. But it's also, I mean, in terms of the actual process, it's 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 sped things. As well as making it cheaper, it's sped things up incredibly. Um, you, you, you know, uh, obviously with film, it was kind of you you had to you had to light like to expose. Um, you, you know, it was it was a very very detailed craft. Uh, it was a very fragile medium and, you know, you had to wait, you you know, to the following day to actually check and see if, if what you'd got was, was okay. Whereas, you know, we we have the luxury now of being able to play back immediately. Um, and you know, on a medium that's, 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 that's like a fraction of the cost as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's that thing you know, as it's always been, it's the, the art versus the, the, the commerce. And, and um, yeah, I think, you know, people who have the budget and have the money very much like to shoot on film for artistic reasons nowadays, because the technology has actually got that good now that, um, you know, the, uh, the, the quality and whatever is, is, is um, debatable as to how much difference there is.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the the, the digital isn't quite there at the same level as film. And when I say that, I mean it's the the amount of latitude and light that can be captured. So, you know, everything from the shadows to the, you know, to bright lights, you know, you can see. uh, Digital has always had a problem with with bright lights, but the the latitude is getting bigger and bigger with with digital cameras and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, there's, there's still something about film that... You know it, it has that it it just screams mm. it just says, you know sin. well, you know you
1: know, I mean, like obviously Tarantino, who's a who's a massive mm. proponent and very vocal about um film and a big av- advocate for still you know shooting on film. but I mean, he's even gone so far as he's got a big problem with 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 the way films are even presented now in the fact that again, the whole the whole cinema industry. Um, you, you know, again, for 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 um, reasons of consistency and cost and things like that, have completely moved um, to, to to digital projection in most places now. And you know, Tarantino kind of hates that because he said it's almost like watching television on a, on a big screen, um, you know, in a theater, where he's, he feels that you know it should be running on film and running through a projector and, and things of that nature and again there's there, there's there's sort of it depends how far you take it i suppose well,
0: let me let me let me answer to that um i i was a projectionist back in 99 2000 back in the day and like, <laughs> yeah and the the thing was the writing was on the wall back then digital was coming we knew it and we knew that it meant our jobs it's why I I got out of being a projectionist. It was a job I actually loved doing, able to handle film and thread it through the projector and everything. It's great.
1: Yeah, I, I had a friend who did the same. My good friend Gary and, uh, um, yeah, you know, I was fortunate enough. He, I used to be able to go in the projection booths with him, and uh, you know, these were the days of they used to load everything onto a platter, so you didn't have to yes. do real changes. Yes, we
0: we we had the the whole platter system, so we would get you know. You could get up to about 10 reels onto one of these places. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were a huge plate. Yeah.
1: A bugger if you dropped it or it got unraveled. eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew yeah. of that happening a couple of times, but we won't go there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, just uh, one small reel unraveling on you was a nightmare. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the problem we have now with digital projection is that there's nobody up there. That it's, you know, it's a staff member pushes a button and off it goes. Now, when there used to be projectionists in the booths, you would always be sure that it was in focus, that it was the correct ratio. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we went to see Super 8? And it was the wrong ratio. Oh. It looks, it was squeezed. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. They, I went nuts. And what happened was because...
1: <laughs> they didn't change the get the lens over, did they? And the gate. That's correct. Yeah.
0: No, it, it's not the gate, it's the lens. Because for... Um, you know, films that are in 2.35 to 1, the anamorphic, they need an anamorphic lens because on the actual f- film itself, it's a square, that's, it's a squeeze. Yeah, image. it's
1: it's the opposite process to when it's shot yeah. anamorphic, basically. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can use a, a projector lens, you know, to shoot anamorphic if you want to, and people are doing that. At the mm-hmm. um, but if you don't have somebody there, if, if, if it misses a cue because what we would do is we'd have these silver strips we put on the film and so that was uh, and then we would program it so every time a silver strip would go through give a different command so you know the um, we start the projector up and once it hit the first silver strip the curtains would open you know the lights would go down uh, sound changes changes the lens all that kind of it was all programmed in and. The thing is if it, if it missed the cue, then at least there was somebody there to correct it. Now there's nobody up there. You know, if anything, I've seen where they've actually got the controls for the programs in the manager's office. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just off a computer. Right? Program one, off it starts. And there's nobody up. No.
1: There. I mean I, I know I, you know, again, I can I can see the I can see the commercial reasons why this is done. Uh, it's also done very much, you know, for consistency, because, you, you know, there's something quite nice and nostalgic that we think about, about, you know, the when we were growing up in the old days where you'd watch something on film and there'd be the odd scratch and, you know, you'd see the cigarette burn and all that sort of stuff. Right. But um, obviously, you know, Joe Average that goes to see a movie doesn't really care. And of course, they want everything as clean and clear and perfect a bit like we've gone with television and everything now uh you know yeah. as high def as, as as possible um and obviously with, with a digital format you get that consistency which obviously film being a physical thing that runs through a machine is prone to wear and scratches and fades yes. and things of that nature so and it's interesting because like the likes of um Tarantino who is obviously a big advocate of that and grew up and has this love for cinema. Um, you know, he goes and makes the films like the grindhouse movies where they actually put all of that crap on <laughs> in post to make it look like old projected film. And, uh, you, you know, it, it, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, in terms of a stylistic choice, but, you know, <laughs>
0: It's true, but I mean, d- don't forget he did shoot Death Proof digitally, right? Because he was working with Rodriguez. Rodriguez.
1: Yes, he was a big embracer of the. Uh, in fact, he's the other. He's the other one that uh, was kind of missing from the side by side interviews in some respects. Because I, I, said, you know, it would have been cool if they'd had like Spielberg, Tarantino, Michael Mann, and Ridley Scott on there as people of either embraced both or, or or sat one way or the other and of course rodriguez is the other one isn't he who's who's got yeah. complete autonomy because you know he's he's managed to avoid the studio system and everything which he wouldn't have been able to do if it hadn't have been for the technology and and being able to sort of have that workflow and and process in-house so um yeah that's interesting
0: well i mean rodriguez is a. Uh he does everything himself. yes i mean he he is a he is literally a one-man band i mean it's i mean his first book was called rebel without crew which by the
1: way is is anyone listening to this i'd assume the only people that tune into these extras are people who are not just necessarily fans of films but but actually filmmaking and have some interest in filmmaking and i will say that You know, it's obviously dated now because of, you know, when it when it was set and what he made shot on and things of that nature. But um, Rebel Without a Crew is an absolutely fantastic read for anyone interested in making films. And I don't know about you, Simon, but when I read it, as soon as I cracked that last back page, I just sort of thought to myself, right, I want to go make a movie. You know, it really, really, you know, he's very inspiring, that guy, when he talks or writes about such things
0: he is and the thing was when i read that book was that when i started you know just after you know learning filmmaking so yeah it was very inspirational and also the fact that it doesn't matter what the format he was shooting on There was the fact that he went out and he did it he he went out and did it himself but what i wanted to say was that you know that book is kind of like his sort of um way of working the way that he's you know decided to to make films now and he is more or less a one man band Mm. he is a rebel without crew because he's outside the hollywood system and also he does a lot of the stuff himself not only does he direct he writes he edits he does the music he does the special effects you know he does he's an all-round he's
1: almost like an auteur would be yes in terms of you know he's he's in control of yeah. all of it but, yeah. yeah
0: yeah i mean though no. i mean the auteur theory is a theory is more <laughs> to, is <laughs> is more to do with the fact that the work you're that you're making as a director is more you know based on yourself and it's your own um way of doing yeah. it than it is about doing everything yeah it's about
1: a stylistic uh, thing it but is yeah, yeah absolutely but no i mean he, he he's you know good on him he's kind of uh, you know whether you like his movies or not um he he you know it has become a completely 100 percent independent filmmaker in every you know sense of the word <laughs> even to the point now that he's got his own distribution things going on with streaming and whatever hasn't
0: he he's got his own tv channel
1: so amazing amazing
0: (laughs) well yeah but i mean going back to sort of film and digital um at the end of the day um digital allows people that in the past wouldn't be able to have access to you know this kind of cameras i mean
1: well, we wouldn't be making films, would we? If it, if it hadn't been well, for digital or know. not, not as easily. Anyway. I don't,
0: <laughs> not as easily. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I feel that if digital hadn't come along, I'd still be out there doing it. Oh yeah.
1: Well, I like to you think know. so. I mean, I mean, yeah. you, you know, the thing is it's, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a sort of double edged sword because um, yes, it's opened it up, but what it's also meant is now the competition is even more vast and that's simply because um y- you know anyone out there that's got you know a- an iphone and a piece of software on their computer can 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 make a film now and the trouble is
0: they can make sick. a film but is it's gonna be a good oh, film oh
1: no absolutely not probably
0: i mean this has always been the defining thing about filmmaking is yes technology opens the door to many people it's a tool it's only a tool it's a tool and also the fact that certain people can't you know are not very good storytellers no absolutely i mean do you 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 know there is certain part of it which comes down to skill rather than something that's taught i mean you can learn the basics but it's what you do with it it's how you tell the story how you use these tools that that's what is the difference between i know um a Scorsese and UA uh, bowl. Yeah,
1: no, exactly, exactly. No, I, I, I mean, I mean, no, I agree, I agree, one hundred percent. I think, I think the challenge is, and I think I may have said this before on a podcast, and I don't, and it sounds slightly negative, and I don't mean it to be, but the challenge is now is actually getting the stuff seen because the the the, or should I say, getting the stuff seen by the right people. Because the thing is there is so much more, there are so many more film festivals and there are so much there's so much more material out there in the ether, as it were, and being submitted that um, you know, it's a lot harder to get noticed. I I, I think. And that's why you do have to have that standout, well made, well told story and shot, you know, in a style that um that that, that, that you know is I agree, is something that you can't learn. It it's 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 kind of a A craft and a skill that you have to develop and and define over time.
0: You've got to have it kind of hardwired into Mm, you.
1: Definitely. Well, I'm very much, in fact, I meant to bring, when we did that uh, Stephen King podcast, I was always going to say that uh, something I used to say to my students a lot uh, of film um, Stephen King wrote one actual book that wasn't fiction, and it was called Stephen King on Writing. I don't know whether you've read it. I've read it, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. read it as well. Very interesting. It's sort of half biography and half, you know, uh, th- th- theory on writing. And the first line in it is he says, if you want to write, you must read. And I've always kind of said that also applies, I think, to filmmaking. If you want to be a filmmaker, if you want to be a director, you need to go out there and make films. It, sorry, so you need to go out there and watch films, should I say? Because, mm. um, you, you, you know, you, you do learn things about the craft and things about the art of storytelling visually um through through watching stuff I believe and people who go oh you know I'm not interested in watching movies and I sort of think well you know that that that's sort of 50 percent of your job I think in some respects it's harder when you're out there making them I agree you don't have time to to watch anything but um you know (laughs) well yeah I
0: mean I work with a casting director uh and she told me that um when an actor would come in uh, for an audition, she would ask him what was the last film they saw.
1: Oh, very good. Very good question.
0: And so she could tell, she could judge straight away if there was somebody who would go out to the cinema all the time. Yeah. Watch the latest films or somebody who just, you know, watches a film once in a while, you know, like a casual viewer. Yeah. Now, I don't visit the cinema that much because, my God, is it expensive now.
1: Yeah, but you watch a lot of films, don't you?
0: I watch a lot of films and I I consume a lot of films every week. Even if I wasn't doing this podcast, I mean, I consume a lot of films. But there's a lot
1: of platforms to see stuff now. Um, And also, you know, when we started doing these podcasts, you know, particularly if it's movie hell stuff, there's often films. And I think to myself, oh, my God, you know, well, and, and and. you know cex and i'm not working for them i'm not on commission or anything here but cex which you know
0: there are other second hand uh, dvd right, shops DVDs, available but you know you can pick
1: stuff up for like i mean i picked. you know you know because my insomnia blu-ray wasn't going to arrive in time i picked up insomnia for um one pound twenty Yeah, and it's a DVD. It's in a decent copy, and it's got loads of extras on it and everything. Uh, You know, and so so you you know you don't have to spend a fortune nowadays to. And and obviously you can exchange and get money back, and you know trade those films in for other ones and things of that nature. So there's there's yeah people who sort of say oh I I don't watch movies because it's too expensive. I understand that argument from a from a cinema point of view, but you, you know it doesn't mean that there's not other legal legal ways of watching films
0: <laughs> oh i mean there's so many venues now i mean video on demand you know netflix amazon yeah. sky yeah uh, just normal free view i mean the amount of sh- t- films that get shown now because there's so many channels on free yeah view. just it, we're, we're talking in in britain i mean in america there's even more channels yeah and so there's opportunities to watch films and you know, I'm always sort of looking for films I haven't seen. I mean, this week I watched uh Walker by Alex Cox.
1: Oh right. Yeah. How is that? I've not seen that. It's
0: uh it's interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's certainly a very different film. Um I'll have to watch it again, but um okay. it's 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 very um I would say avant garde a nice. bit. But not but not so much up its own arse that it's not something enjoyable to watch. I, I think um Ed Harrison, it is brilliant. He's really good as, and it's based on a you know a real life character. Right.
1: I mean, this is one of those things. I always say this as well. What, what film is that sort of thing? As as a fan of films or cinema or whatever, you you're never ever catch up on because there's so much out there, yeah. and there's more being produced all the time. Not necessarily good, but there's there's stuff. So by the time <laughs> you, you know what with what with film television series you know things that get released on demand whatever um you, you know plus revisiting old stuff and watching classics and whatever that you know this is why i'm really glad i'm not into video games actually because if i was into that as well i'd probably never leave the home <laughs> and would become bankrupt or something but uh, <laughs> you, you know it, it's 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 this this there's no there's no need to say you'd be bored anymore because there's there's a lot of stuff out there
0: (laughs) yeah there's there's a lot of entertainment indeed but it's interesting that you said tv because i did see a tv show and um and I'm, i'm sure you haven't seen it but um i watched the latest series of project Greenlight. Oh, okay now for those who don't know I'm sure. Uh, Project Greenlight is a TV series. Uh, developed by uh Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon. And they've they've done four. This is the fourth series. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that they take an unknown filmmaker, and they make a feature film with him, and they document the whole process.
1: God, I'd love to be on that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think most people. Yeah. So this year, um, they. It was a comedy being made by HBO and um, the chap who got picked. um, He's a big advocate for film. Okay. That's why I bring this up. So I have to say they they picked this guy because they felt he was a real filmmaker, that he had a, a voice, that he had a talent and that they were some, you know, and compared to everybody else that he was somebody who, you know, was very different. It wasn't. He was doing his own thing, and having watched his entry, I thought that I couldn't see it. I couldn't see what they were, what they saw, but that's what they were saying. So they picked him, and the first thing he wants to do is he wants to sack the writer. All oh. right. And then he pushes forward his own script instead of the script that they've come up with, a, a script that's been written by the Farley brothers. Right. You know, you know the five yeah hours. What have they done? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then it, he wants to shoot it on film. He's never shot digitally. He wants to shoot it on film, and the the producer goes out for way to show him, you know, why it would be better to shoot on digital. You know, talking about you know time setup, uh, the ability to shoot more you know, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the fact
1: it's more malleable as well in, in many respects, yes. you know, when you get into post.
0: He was he was very blinkered mm-hmm. and there was a lot of problems on set which could have been resolved if he paid more attention to him and wasn't sort of, he was kind of locked up into his vision. It, it, it's It's interesting when people talk about, oh, well, he compromised his vision or this stuff. This guy wouldn't compromise one bit. And it affected the whole production. So you know, so he he wouldn't bow down on uh, thirty five mil. He wanted to shoot on thirty five mil, and he went round the back of his producer to you know Ben Affleck, and he convinced him to convince the guy at HBO for him to shoot on film, and he got his way. Wow! And that was that was the yeah. I mean, that was the amazing thing was he you know he stuck to his guns and got his own way, but the guy head of hbo said to him right we're going to give you the extra money to shoot on film we have one condition you have to meet your first week of filming if you are behind schedule we're going to digital. that's fair i would say and then he said you can shoot 35 or if you shoot digital we'll give you two more extra days of shooting now the producer was like wow, two days of extra shooting, that'd be great, you know. But no, he had to go with 35 mil. So what ends up happening is that they have this stunt, which um, he wants a car to flip over on a a road, but they just don't have time for it. And so in the end, they go for, like, you know, it's just like a side-on crash. Somebody goes into a back-of-the-park car and not much happens. And, of course, it doesn't look great. A flip would have worked a lot better. But they didn't have the time because he was so blinkered about shooting on 35mm. It had to be on 35mm. Now, the the film has been shown on HBO now. And um, I haven't seen any reviews of it, to the truth. I I don't know what people's thoughts of it are. But um, it is kind of interesting where you're given a choice, 35mm or extra time. And you're on a tight deadline anyway. Tight yeah, schedule. I mean, there's never enough time. There's is there is never <laughs> enough time. So, Keith, if you were in the same position, what would you have gone for? Mm, tricky.
1: That's that's a really good question. Um, because I, you know, I'd absolutely love the opportunity to shoot on film, uh, thirty-five. That would be amazing. Um, however, you know, like we've just said, there's there there is never enough time. So. You, you, you know, I think a lot of it would depend on, for me, on um, who the DOP was, because, um, you, you, you know, I think I think a director's, you know, you know biggest, um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for, uh, in terms of support, biggest um, ally could on on a production could i know be.
0: i know but the, i just i just want to know what your answer would be because mm. you, you, you there's you could have all these other factors in there but at the end of the day you have an opportunity to shoot on 35 mil or you get two days extra of filming which one do you pick
1: mm. i i think actually uh, being put on the spot like this if i had to make that decision now i'd probably go with the two extra days yeah. and the, re- the, re- the reason being you know um the argument about the, the, you know, the difference between film and D di- I mean, I'm actually more comfortable with film than I am with digital because, you know, I, I feel I've still got a massive amount to learn, uh, still about digital, but that's, that's part of, that's part of the joy of filmmaking as well is what you learn. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think I would, um, for, for the difference that, that I believe it makes, I think the, 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 the value, the cost value, of two extra days probably outweighs the artistic value of film, and I'm actually surprised. I never thought I'd say that, but um, yeah, I think I think I probably would go that route.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, I, I'd go the same way because yeah, you know, two extra days. I mean, as I say, I would love to shoot on film, and yeah, yeah, it, no, it absolutely. may happen, it may yeah. not. We don't know. I mean.
1: It's interesting. I mean presumably to get even on this show then you have to apply and you have to yeah get you, some work. you, you yeah?
0: apply and you you send them a a, a three minute film and then they yeah. uh they sort of pick 10 people and from that they then ask them to take a scene written uh, and you know, go and make it to sort of show their own way of doing things. And well, you know
1: what? Good, good on Affleck and Damon for giving back and giving the check. Cause you know, they, they, they obviously got a break. They were quite fortunate. Um I think they're both talented. I actually, I actually think Affleck, you, you know, is, is actually a really, really good filmmaker. Yes. I mean the, the films he's directed so far, I think have been really, really good films. And, you know, I'm very envious of him both as an actor and a, and a filmmaker but you know absolutely good on him because um it's so easy for those people that are in that in that uh, small world you know it is a small world if you're in it the film industry and uh you know it's so easy to just be consumed in your own little bubble and you know you're all right and never mind anyone else so the fact that they actually put that out there and open that up to people who, who don't have family or connections in the industry already and give them the opportunity to, to let some talent shine through. Um, I'm major impressed with that. And I am, I mean, I'm aware of the show. I've never actually, uh, watched it to be fair, but, um, but you know, good on, good on the, uh, the guys for doing that.
0: Well, if you have the time, you can find series three on YouTube. Right. And that was, that was very interesting because, um, that series, they, they made a horror film and right. they had, the late Wes Craven on there as well as one of the judges oh. at the beginning. So yeah,
1: another major. God, there's been so many losses, hasn't there? Yeah. This, this... Oh, this
0: year, God, this
1: year, yeah. my God. But anyway, yeah, um, it's very sad, but uh, but at least their wonderful work lives on. Yes. So um, yeah. yeah, fabulous. Okay, that's interesting. But yeah, I think uh, uh, you know, if I was put on the spot like I was, then I think I would probably go for the extra, um, you, you know, forfeit the. The, the 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 medium of film in that instance to have a bit more time to uh to to create something special yeah yeah
0: the end of the day i think what that guy's problem was that he was too busy concentrating on you know the aesthetics and not mm. the whole film because there was a lot of communication problems and there was a lot of, they had you know things that could have been avoided if they hadn't if they had spent more time concentrating on that and ne- not on you know, I want to shoot on film.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, you can you can get, um, uh, you, you know, uh, quite sort of snobby about the whole thing, I, I, I suppose. But um, you, you know, it's it's yeah. I mean, they they, they have their merits, and in you know, some of my my favorite filmmakers, um, you, you, you know, to this day still still shoot on. Uh, film by the way i just I'm just trying to find the yeah. you know I mentioned in the Christopher Nolan podcast that Sam Mendes had, um uh you know done a lecture in front of some film students and he gave uh, his top 10 advice to new directors and the one that particularly got my attention you know when we were talking about film versus video is he says Tarantino, Spielberg, Nolan, Scorsese, Greengrass, JJ, and poor Thomas Anderson all still shoot on film, there is a reason. Which I was like, okay, interesting one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but
1: If you're in the position to, great, I guess. Uh, but, you know. That
0: is such a nebulous uh, piece of advice. That it mean, is. That doesn't mean anything. No. If, if you're a student and you hear that, you think, oh, well, to be a good filmmaker, I must be able to shoot, I must shoot on film. Yeah, that, which is not equals, about that no, at all. No, it's not about that at all. I mean, that's, that's a crazy piece of advice. Yeah, I, I mean, let, say let, that is, that's actually a terrible piece of advice.
1: Yeah, well, let, let let me, to put that in context, let me really quickly run through some of his other bits of advice, oh, okay. which are quite inspiring and good. He puts, uh, number one, he puts, get in touch with your inner 12-year-old. He or she was an interesting kid. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Uh, number two is you can only ever point the camera at one thing at a time. Uh, advice number three is you are playing roulette with someone else's money. If you're going to bet it all on black, you need to be able to explain why.
0: Okay.
1: Um, point four is making an action sequence is only interesting when you're in the cutting room. Up until then, it is literally the most tedious thing that you'll ever do. Number five, I like this one, is on the day be prepared, but also be prepared to make shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number six: When you're choosing for collaborators, do not listen to people who tell you "Yes, but I've never done a big movie." If they are any good, they will learn, just like I did. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, number seven is you need to learn learn to tune out white noise. Uh, you cannot please everyone, which is fair enough. Then the number eight was the one about uh, film. Uh, number nine: You're trying to surf the big waves, so be prepared to be wiped out. But when you catch it, it feels like nothing else. Well, yeah, I'm sure. And number 10 is, when you get excited, don't be afraid to leap out of your chair and sing the Bond theme. Well, I think you probably said that one to get a laugh. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I said with that last one, the the role of a director on set is to be the audience. Yes. And I think this is where people kind of get this role wrong because they feel it's their role to criticise. when at the end of the day, yes, if it's... then it's the role is to guide them so if they do something right you know do i i always try and make a point point of go up to them and say you know oh, that was great or give them a pat on the back or something to sort of show feedback yeah. yeah but i mean just not but in a way that they appreciate that what they've done is good
1: yeah i mean you've got a lead by example and you've got to set a tone i feel and um yeah yeah i mean you know it, it that's that's quite important yeah. and um yeah uh yeah yeah yeah, i mean
0: this is something i learned over the time i mean if you see the the documentary for blood and roses when the actor says well he doesn't say anything unless it's wrong (laughs) about
1: me (laughs)
0: well i mean to
1: be honest there are a lot of famous directors that have been accused of exactly that so um you know you know that's not necessarily well there is no. that's the thing with this there is no right or wrong it's whatever works isn't it and,
0: and this comes back to film and digital
1: yeah i mean Thank you. Yeah, it actually, has linked nicely, hasn't
0: yeah. it? <laughs> I, I say this, you know, it doesn't matter what you shoot on.
1: It's telling the stories It's
0: telling the, the, the thing. story. Yes, yeah. at the end of the day, we've got a film that's just come out here in the UK, and I know it's been out in the States for a while, Tangerine, which was shot on an iPhone. Wow. OK. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what you shoot on. It all depends on what the story is. Because at the end of the day, an audience member doesn't sit there and go, wow, you're shooting on digital. I, 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 think this is terrible." Only snobs. Yeah, well, I mean, this, it, you know.
1: it's it's the only people who really even notice this stuff are usually filmmakers, right? Um, and 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 the odd critic. But you, you know, Joe Average he, he doesn't. They they want to go in and be entertained or emotionally moved or whatever, right? They're not particularly bothered whether it was shot on a you know araflex digital uh motion picture camera or or like you said somebody's you know i iphone 4s uh, sorry 6s or whatever yeah. as long as as long as it's shot well and it tells the story and it gets you emotionally involved that's what matters and there's lots of elements that that make that up not just what it was shot on so yeah yeah
0: i mean it's it's at the moment there is a sort of thing where you know if you go on youtube all you keep seeing is um, reviews of technology.
1: Technology for technology's sake. Yes, yeah. I get it. I mean,
0: it. It's, it's like, oh, it's the latest piece of kit. It does this, it does that, it does this. At the end of the day, it's a tool. And there isn't there isn't an all singing or dancing tool when it comes to filmmaking, like anything. There's certain tools for the job. And, you know, you, you, can, you can get one camera that's good for one thing. You get another camera that's good for something else. And it's just... Whatever the tools you need to make the story. Yes. And at the end of the day, you know, we live in an age now where you know you can pick up your, f- oh excuse me, you can pick up a phone and shoot a film. I know. And if it's any good, it might be shown.
1: Yeah, I often wonder what I'd be doing if I was a, you know, I mean that inner twelve-year-old he's talking about. I'm definitely totally in touch with that in myself, you know, all the time. So so reluctant to grow up, but you know, you know, I often wonder if if I was, you know, twelve years old now, you know, with the stuff we've got, and you know, obviously hopefully having the you know IT knowledge that you know kids have now and stuff. I you know I just wonder you know i remember what my passion was like as a, as a child and, the, and you know the frustration was that um you know you know i couldn't go away and make these stories that i had in my head and stuff like that and uh, i just you know wonder whether i'd i'd have been making them now you know um it's it, it's it you know you can't go back you can only go forward but uh but but it's good to know it's all there exactly
0: well you know you you are making them who, who yes. cares about if if you got if you 12 year old now or not you're making them now that's that's this is what true. matters this i is mean true. i didn't know what i wanted to do when i was a kid i mean i didn't get into this until i was in my 20s so yeah you know it, it's not everybody knows what they want to do
1: no this is true This so is true
0: if you if you know that, that that's that's great you get you know if if you can start early brilliant because you know it's a it's a long old road and the earlier you can start the uh, the you know the the quicker you'll get there but
1: yeah well I used to when I used to say to students you know I'm um, when we used to go into production of something and they they you know some of them just wouldn't even know where to begin you know and I'd say well it always begins with the script obviously but then I I used to say to them what do you need to tell the story you know what's your aesthetic How, does this does this all need to be on a dolly or can you do it handheld you know what are you what are you trying to you know emotionally psychologically whatever what are you trying to say with this and and you know really get them to think about that and and uh and you know i used to say to them watch films you know back to that thing that that um stephen king quote again you know watch films watch stuff because you you know you learn why things are done a certain way and yeah there's no rules but there's there's reasons sometimes why, why these things are there and it's about, you know, best working practices and professionalism and, you know, all of those things uh, that, that, that shape the craft.
0: Yeah. And also, I, I don't know about yourself, but I've, I've been on shoots where uh, they stick a camera on a dolly and never do a dolly. Oh shot. yeah. God, tell me and, about and it. And you wonder what, what the point of having a, a dolly or uh, recently I was on a shoot where they had a movie and, um, they didn't move around with it at all they literally used it as a tripod and so that poor operator's arms at the end of the day you know
1: oh trust me mate i've worked on some stuff where i've even thought what is even the point of having a camera (laughs) sadly but uh you know uh there you you go. go but uh
0: well i think we'll uh finish this conversation here yeah yeah
1: but on a positive note (laughs) sorry because that wasn't a positive note no uh yeah do it you know do it because you love it and embrace what what's available i think look at whatever you've got from from kit to people to locations to whatever what you have available you know what you don't need to pay for and um you, you you know shape your your uh your story or whatever interests you around those things i would say you know like just like you've been doing with your with your project you know
0: oh thank yeah you. it's good well just you know turn your weaknesses into strengths
1: absolutely that's when you come most creative
0: yes if you don't have any sound equipment make a silent film exactly so you know it's don't let the lack of kit be you know uh a barrier to being creative. yes
1: Yes. We haven't all got the tools that Michael Bay's got. So, (laughs) so, or Christopher (laughs) Nolan. There you go. That's a better example.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants the tools that Michael Bay's Ah. got. (laughs) Uh, So we shall end in our usual manner. So Keith, where can we find your work?
1: Yeah. Well, if you want to see what I've done with my limited uh, tools and resources and and finance then uh, go to youtube go to british isles eyles uh there's my page there which has um uh sh- short films that i've made with uh, as i said very little time money and resource but uh, you can watch them and be the judge as to whether i've told a story or not
0: that's it and you can see all my work at uh, independentrunnings.com and uh you can check out one of my short films which i shot on super 8 which was uh, firepower which we've talked on this podcast before and uh, check out all the rest where you can see uh, the gamut of digital technology yay everything from sd to hd to 4k <laughs> nice uh, so you can uh find this podcast on youtube mixcloud um stitcher and itunes uh we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Just search uh, "Movie Heaven, Movie Hell."
1: You have no excuse. We're everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> we're we're like quantum. We're everywhere.
0: <laughs> or is it Spectre?
1: Well, uh, I didn't didn't want to ruin anything.
0: <laughs> we all know that. We've seen the bloody train. There you go. <laughs> yes. Clues so, in the um, title. Yeah. <laughs> <indeed>. <laughs> Join us next week for our next episode of uh, Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. Take care. Bye.